today we carry on with part two of our interview with New Zealand's very own Chris Lamb-Sam on Benny Asking People Questions. I just want to touch on something that seems to be really important to you in your whole life, and that's this idea of collaboration. And, and, and it is, again, present in this album. Mm. Um you know, you've got an enormous amount of guests on this album and every song, yeah. you, every, every song you go out of your way to make sure everyone understands they're there. What, yes. what does collaboration do for you? Like what, why is it so important to you? Good question. Collaboration is important because uh, I'm boring on my own, I think. And <laughs> fair, all right, you fair know, enough. Next question. <laughs> I mean, would you rather cook dinner for yourself or would you rather go and have a potluck uh, with people? That's a very, yeah. very good answer. Yes. Um, true. I, I think, um, I, uh, I don't know. Well, all the things that I loved as a kid in terms of um, entertainment included more than just one person. Even Mr. Yeah. Rogers uh, had yeah. had a had a list of people around him. But you think you know my influences are, are very much steeped in um, you know the work of Jim Henson and his. Um, Muppet performers and, you know, there was a crew around him. There's really the zaniness of the things that the characters brought to that show that made it that made it so delightful. It wasn't just Kermit. Kermit on his own uh, mm-hmm. is, is kind of a, well, you know, he's, he's okay, but when you add Fozzie or when you add Piggy, things happen. Dynamics yeah. change. And so um, to bring that into my own music, I, I think, um, you know, having a jaw harp solo by Liberty Beat in the first track yeah. is great. I can't play jaw harp, but he can, and I yeah, knew that. Sure. So, yeah, I, was like, I want I want that in there. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I think I think what you've just said, you know, is summed up really beautiful in voices. You know, there's this there's this great line in voices where um, the, the most famous voice in the whole world, who I guess is yeah. is that Jackie Clark. It is Jackie Clark. Yeah, it is the wonderful Jackie. And, um, mm. and, and there's this really great line where she's asked if she'd like to join in, and she says that would be acceptable. Um, yeah, which is it was is that like. I get the sense that was just kind of made up on the spot. Was that a scripted line? Like I, that's I, I feel, I feel with you and collaboration. I see you more sitting back in a chair and just admiring <laughs> the skill of the person that you're letting into your world, as opposed to going, "I want you to do this," but more like, yeah. "I've invited you in because you have a skill I don't have, so I'm going to sit back and just let you do your skill." <laughs> I, I definitely um, let people go for it in some in some parts. And in, <laughs> but, that, in other parts. That, <laughs> but in that particular moment, that line, you know, I think that would be acceptable. That was, I scripted that and Jackie oh. read it verbatim. However, the one line that she did change was at the end. I said, you know, no, yes. I said, can you say no time for autographs? And so she said, oh, you know, it'd be funnier yeah. if I said selfies because what does a voice look like? You know, like, it's, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, exactly. no, time, no time for selfies. And I thought, well, great, because. You know, everyone knows what a selfie is. You'd much rather have a selfie than an autograph. Who carries a pen totally. and paper? Yeah, these what days? is an yeah, what is an autograph? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Um, but kids, kids would get that. So I thought, oh, of course, let's change that. Um, in the case of the song about nothing, I let the guitarist Nick Granville. I sat with him, but I said, look, you're the expert. Can you can you noodle some solo lines at the beginning, and can you play some? Uh, so rhythm, rhythm guitar, and I, you know, he's played for the Roger Fox Big Band in New Zealand, and and just he's done everything. And I, I just went, I bow to you. I don't play guitar, so you do. Yeah, I, I must gave, say, yeah. I know. I, I was saying, I must say, my next question was song about nothing, and and I literally read it 
verbatim the questions it was, I have was a song about nothing. It's amazing. Not necessarily because it's a new concept, but rather you showed restraint like no other human to not revisit that extraordinary guitar solo in the intro and opening verse. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally my question. That guitaring is quite extraordinary. And I heard it and, and like I heard it at the intro and then heard it after that first verse and then kind of went mm. and then listened to the rest of the song and went, oh, my God, it never comes back. No, like how how but, but, did he how on earth did he stop himself wanting to just fill the whole song with that guitar? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a point of inspiration for. For, for this, uh, I want you to go and listen to "Under the Sea" from Little Mermaid. It's a it's a fantastic song. Yes, but I want yes. you, but I don't want you to listen to the song. I want you to listen to the arrangement because there are times in that song where instruments pop in for four bars and then you never hear them again. Yeah, and and for me, that's that's something that I want to encourage lots of people to do. We don't have to do everything the same the same way. So I thought. Yeah. No, you know, like it works here, it works here. Let's just get rid of it after that. And um, yeah. that, that guitar, it has a contribution. It's perfect for where it is in the song. But then the song evolves, it changes, and we don't we don't always need to follow the same form. So uh, you know, that's, that's, I'm I'm fine just painting with this color for <laughs> for thirty seconds. It is, and then yeah, it's uh, it's it is one of the most. I I think it's one of the richest songs on the album. Mm. Song about nothing. Like I think I think like you just nailed it. Then it just it, it just transforms so much during the the three minutes. It's there. Like I, I remember that was one particular song where I got to the end of it and went, God, this song's an epic. And then I looked down and went, It's got it's only goes for like three minutes twenty seconds. Like it felt like it went for about <laughs> twenty eight minutes. Um, and and it's just beautiful that it is a song about nothing, and yet it's so desperately complex and filled with everything. Um, yeah. Was it was that part of the the, the notion for you, or was it because you mentioned before oh, that there's a big backstory about nothing, and, and I would love to hear it because it is such a it's such a <laughs> great song. So go. Well, thank <laughs> thank you. Okay, uh, okay. There are two things that I have to have to tell you. The first one is the backstory, and that was I I sat down and I had a calendar in my diary, and it's you know the calendar says you need to write a song today, otherwise you're going to run out of time. Remember, I had a I had a three month window to kind of write eight songs because the last month needed, you know, for mastering and album mm. art and uploading, yeah. uploading to an aggregator. So I was like, today's the day. And I sat down and I went, I've got nothing. <laughs> I put my head, I put my, I put my hand in my head and then I just went, I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. What am I going to do? I've literally got nothing. And then I went, I've got nothing. That's it. That's the song. And yeah. started writing, this is a song about nothing. And, um, and then, and then I thought the gag, the the underlying secret gag, which no one will ever get, will be that this song has everything. <laughs> yeah, it's got everything it except except there's nothing in it. Um, yeah, it's totally then, it's it's got everything with with <laughs> with three words. It's amazing. Yeah, and 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 so that was the that was the underlying irony of the song, which no one will get, but it tickled me. This this is a song. This is a song about nothing. Um, yeah. And then, 
And then the second thing I want to say too is that last week I was uh, looking up the wonderful Justine Clark on, on Spotify and I realised she's, she's got a song about nothing and it was written by the founding member of Kiwi Kids Music, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur Basting. And Arthur is no longer with us. He, he passed last year. And um, honestly, I was so upset that I'd done it because... <laughs> And I listened to it instantly, and I just—I was—I was like, "How could I be so stupid? Why didn't I? Why didn't I check that someone else hadn't already done this? And let alone Justine, and let alone Arthur, who yeah, you know, I know, so, of course, like of all the people, it's like basically of all the people your, your, that your grandfather. <laughs> yeah, so, so here I am thinking I'm original. I'm, I honestly thought I'd done it. I was like, "No one's ever done this song," and then I just had to be humbled because. Everyone's done everything right. We just we need to do our research. But at the time, I thought, you know, this is this has got to be the cleverest thing I've ever done, the most original thing. <laughs> Nothing is a song about this song, this song, this. This was a song. This was a song about. What was it? Oh, nothing. To to just to just reach out a hand and pull you out of that hole. What's hard within that is finding a new way to do it, and I think what you oh, did yeah. is find a new way of doing it. And I and and you know that was my and so I'm I'm I certainly don't feel even if you have you know feel that you've cheated and stolen from you know the the the, the <laughs> from my own self <laughs> from, your, from, your, from your own your own blood your own kin. I I think you can relax a bit and, and know that you've definitely put your own oh. twist on it. Um, I've only got a couple more questions because I feel yeah. I generally feel this could go for hours. So I, yeah, even sure. I, even despite me telling you how I just want these to be free form, even I'm going to have to wrangle it in because I think if we get left on a tangent, that'll be it and I'll run out of batteries and at some point I'll have to sure. pick my children up from school. Um, okay. To, just two quickly things on the on the album itself. Who's your bass player? And I, for no other reason other than I just think they need to be have a shout out because the bass playing on that album is so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Um, that bass player is an awesome guy called Chris Lansham. Not really. It's all in. I, there's not a. There's not a real bass player on the album. It's all. Me oh, because it's all on keys. Yeah, it's wow. all sample. So I played every note. No one else played any notes. I just I did everything. So thank you. I'll take it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, that's and beautiful the award, playing. And, and the <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award for best bass and player. Best bass player. Bass player. And and he goes to and oh no, hang on, wait. We've just got word in. He's stolen his mm. ideas from people, so we have to take oh, that award back. Controversial. <laughs> that would, that's the that's the controversy. Um, Thank now, you. Just to just to finish off this album, and then we'll get on to just a couple of other things. You end with the album questions. Mm. Now, this was a bit of a no-brainer for me that this song would be at the end because I immediately felt this song had a special place in your heart. I think it would be impossible for you to choose a favourite song on the album, but I feel this one, I just got the sense that this one exists somewhere deep inside you where it's nestled and, and looked after. <laughs> oh, um, it's definitely in there. It's by the yeah, fireplace in my heart. It's, yeah. it's, it's, brought, it's just brought with such tenderness and it's, you know, despite its content, I guess it's probably the less kidsy. I don't like that term, but maybe it's the less kidsy album. But it feels mm. like it's really delivered with a lot of. I, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of warmth in that song, and and I know you're a piano player, and I know that the obviously that's a very very you know it's a very 
um, singer-songwriter kind of tune. Yeah. Is, is, does yeah. the song sit, does it nestle somewhere special for you, this song? Well, definitely. Um, chronologically, it's the last one I wrote. It's the, it, it was like, I need, I need something else. This is a song that's kind of been hiding in the back of my, my archive going, I think I should do a song like this. So I did, I, I left it till last. Uh, and uh, it just, it really just popped out in a day, uh, to be honest. And I, um, when I, when I sent it to my, <laughs> my mastering person who did all the mixing for me, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Mail. He um he got the files and he was like, Cool, so where's the rest of it? And I went, No, no, that's it. It's <laughs> it's it's a piano yeah. and it's an organ. And he's like, What? What look at everything else you've done. Like Zero Zoo was ninety tracks and you're giving me two? Yeah. And I, yeah. I said, That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um and it really was just a simple simple approach to uh to um yeah, a, a, an inquisitive song. And and uh, I really loved it. Um, I got my friends on Facebook to kind of help me out with some random questions that their kids had asked mm. and uh, put those in the song. But some of them are really just from the <laughs> from the nonsense of my brain. You know, can butterflies see stars? It was just it was just instantly there, and I was like, okay, I'll write that down. This is a song for children everywhere It's full of questions with answers they may like to hear Like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is coffee a soup? And how is a bunch of grapes not called a group? Questions with answers to There's something in that song that you can really hear that you're not not that you're not at ease with the other things, but this one you're really comfortable in it. You're really comfortable yeah. in this song. I, I, it's not to say you're not comfortable in the other songs, but you are just really you're you're happy to just be you on your own with this one. Mm. You know, yeah. whereas whereas I think the other ones, you know, it's it's and, and it sort of goes back to the guitar solo in um, the Nothing song. You know, it's it's really hard to know when to not do something, and and this one you just felt. I don't know. I just I immediately heard it when this means something to him because you felt very comfortable in just doing nothing in this one, you yeah. know, and just oh, keeping definitely. it very simple. Mm. And 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 it, and it definitely comes across. Can fish live in trees? Does honey make bees? Do chickens have knees? Do chickens have knees? Do chickens have knees? And now, along with all of this stuff, there has to be at some point. You going out on stage on your own without your mm-hmm. funky monkey brothers mm. was that terrifying hitting the stage on your own for the first time? Um, no. Well, you'd, no, you'd no, been perform- no. you'd do, you're an entertainer. You've been doing a lot of this. You do a lot of MC work and everything anyway, don't you? So it's not. Yeah, I, I, I do. I I um uh, my secret gripe about my career that that my wife is privy to hearing most is uh, I'm actually I really would much prefer to perform with other people because again it's not just me responsible for everything if there are mm. other people there with me even if it's just yes. a mascot I would I would always much rather yeah. um, be on stage with Sailor the Pufferfish who is a mute character but can 
still yeah. present, you know, you think of the wonderful Humphrey Bear, you know, there's yeah. a, the, the right the right amount of gesticulation and cheekiness. Can, you can, you have another voice in the show. So um, I... Even, a, even an instrument can do that, you know what I mean? Even having an instrument yeah. with you is, is something else to... To, I, for the lack of a better term, to hide behind. But you also do you do playback, don't you? You don't necessarily play live as much. No, that's right. So all my all, yeah, all my tracks are backing tracks, which mm. uh, allows me to to do other things. Um, I don't do a lot of dance, but I certainly just uh, get get kids to do actions and mm. songs and things, mm. which is which is nice. Um, yeah, and it just means you're 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 up and running much easier. Uh, it's a smaller yeah. show to tour as well. You don't have a tuba sure. in the boot. You've or sure. a, or a keyboard. It's just you and yeah. a laptop, and yeah. some people yeah. kind of think, "Oh, you know, is that it?" But then you do the show, and you, the, the, yeah, the, the show is very much on in the audience for me. It's not really about me. It's about what the kids are doing, yeah. um, and I'm and I'm okay with it. So some of these songs are very difficult to perform um, live because of the context that they're in and, and things. But um, certainly the opening track is a good one, and uh, yeah, yeah, I look forward to like. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually something I hadn't really considered when listening to this album. Like the, the Funky Monkeys is very interactive and it's very, yeah. you know, the kids being involved. And I guess, as a, again, as a teacher, and I'm similar to you, I kind of, if I can't get down in with the children, it's very hard for me to do a show because I need to, particularly if I'm playing solo and it's just me and a guitar, I mean, I'll just pretty yeah. much play whatever song I can see the children are kind of unconsciously asking for next, you know. There's very mm. rarely a... There's very rarely a um, um, set list or anything. I'm playing off the children. And oh, right. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's a combination of original songs and then just original takes on old nursery rhymes and things like that. It just sort of, I mean, I'm a preschool teacher, so, you know, the, the, the back mm. looks pretty, pretty monstrous. Um, Great. But it is that thing, isn't it? It's about you feeding off the audience rather than you begging the audience to feed off you. And. Yeah. You know, your the latest album is less that. It is less that. It is. It's it's more it's I don't want to use the term listening album, but it's there's a stronger joy I'm okay in with being that. able to okay, right, <laughs> I'm okay with the listening album. Yeah. It really is. It is a listening album. I wanted to to give to give them something that they could sit in a car with their family and go and listen to, you know. Um mm. that was that that was very much the goal. But um yeah, it, I didn't. I didn't really cross purpose all of these for live performance, and that's fine. However, the Zero Zoo is a thirty-two page book. I wrote it as a book, and that oh, book doesn't right. exist. That book doesn't exist yet. But whenever there's a pause and characters getting ready for the next thing, that's a that's literally a page turn. Uh, so you could mm. um, you could you could turn a page in, the, in those moments, and you'd get to the end of a book. So um, I've got that book on option with the publisher, which is great. And uh, the other one is the Octopus Song. Which has been turned into a music video uh, yeah, as I right. speak by the by the wonderful animators at Muck Party Animation in Auckland. So that's going to be coming out in National Sea Week, Ocean Week here in oh great uh, yeah, in March twenty twenty one. You you do a lot of writing. Obviously, you've got a lot of books. Um, you know, you've got a few things going on out there. Some of them have been really quite successful. I can't believe the. Um, the your I'm going to start that question again because I've just lost the name of the book which I had written down here. Oh, Inspector Brunswick. Yes, Inspector Brunswick. I mean, you do obviously write a lot, and Inspector Brunswick even got released via the tape books, wasn't it? <laughs> Is that what it yes. got released with? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. That's because because there's basically two types of audiences listening to this: the people that don't know why that's really impressive, and the people that do know why that's really <laughs> impressive. And the people that do know why that's really impressive, I'm just going to leave it there for those people and go, "Yep, no, no, no." They're all quietly nodding at home. One day as I was walking briskly by the sea, I saw a baby octopus looking up at me. I smiled and said, good day, my friend, what brings you up this way? That's when the baby octopus sat up so it could say. Is the sound it made just then? Is the sound it made again? Is what that baby said? And now that's in my head. This is a whole new level of collaboration for you because, you know, you use Angela Kogan, I believe, <clears throat> is the name. that intro- You're now handing over imagery of things that you're creating in your head. Yeah. Is that a whole different type of collaboration for you? Because you're not even, you're almost not even present for that contribution. Your hand yes, right. finished. Yeah. Is was that a was that a was that challenging to particularly when you're such an artistic visual person, was that quite challenging <laughs> to be able to go yeah, I get the impression that no one's really spoken to you like this before, Chris. I can't, no one. I'm like, <laughs> no one has. No one has. But I'm willing to draw back the curtain. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Um, well, you know, put put them on the phone. Put them on, and I'll, I'll have a word to them. Um, but you know, yeah. was 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 you know having someone like Angela? Then, of course, through um, the competition, you sort of midstream jump over to Beck Wheeler, who provides the animations for that. Mm. Um, is that a very different challenge for you? Because writing, no, is... no, I, I, I just love it, Benny. I absolutely love it because writing for characters is uh, is a is a lovely. I, I mean, it's such a fun pastime, and it's it's a fun extension of what I do for myself. You know, writing for myself is one thing, but writing for for a set of characters that you can see in your head is so so rewarding. Um, and and the book really has three faces: it's the words, it's the illustrations. And then the third face, which a lot of authors, well, the really clever ones do think about this, but the ones who are still kind of up and coming, they don't really think about how the book's going to translate in a live context. And so really, when when we write stories together, I'm constantly thinking about, now, how will an audience, a school audience receive this or a preschool audience receive this? What are the things that I can do to make this really pop in a live setting? Um so if you want to see me read the book live, that's on my Facebook page. You can go and see yes. me. And I wrote music. I wrote music for myself uh, <laughs> reading that. But it gives you an insight into how I bring the book to sure. life in a live context. Uh, so the book's about two and a half times longer than if you just read the words um, because you, there are things that I get the audience to do. Yeah, great. Yeah, I have seen some of those actually. So yeah, mm. I'll, I'll I'll definitely put all the links up. Um, now your your writing is obviously very important to you. I mean, it's also the secretive creatures, which is so secretive it's yet to be released. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and you know th- this this kind of word play and 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 you know th- this love for you know finding those rhymes and things is a very big impo- aspect of you. And you have touched on this, but I kind of was wondering if you could go a little bit deeper. What was your relationship with Arthur Basting? Because mm. I I feel him in a lot of what you do, right. um, particularly the stuff that you steal from him. No, no, no. Like I feel him. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> 
sorry, I'll leave that. that that's the last joke. Of that. I'll leave that down. Um, no, but Arthur like would I, tell I do. Me not to confirm or deny. Arthur would say never, <laughs> never confirm anything. And I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah, but like. I, I'm conscious of how important he was in the industry over there, and I'm imp- and I'm conscious of the family aspect of the children's scene in mm. New Zealand. Yeah, and I and I only ask because I can't imagine he wasn't important. I can't imagine you didn't have a strong relationship with him, particularly with your role <clears throat> with the Kiwi Kids music and things like that, which you you you, you um superseded him. I think that's the correct mm. word. Yes. Yeah. What, what did he mean to you? <clears throat> Arthur mean meant to me that uh, Arthur means so much to me and so many of the Kiwi Kids music crew. Arthur petitioned for thirteen years to so many national bodies in New Zealand to have children's music noted, funded, represented, celebrated. And yeah. everything that we enjoy today in our national calendar of events and also the community groups that we've built around Kiwi Kids Musicians um, is very much <laughs> because of him and his yeah. ma- his massive career. But um, I just want to touch on really quickly the heart for children that Arthur had. Um, my deepest respect for Arthur was in the fact that he genuinely wanted good things for children. And that just makes it so evident in everything that's happened uh, in the Kiwi Kids Music Crew, that children were always at the heart of everything that he was doing. And he was very, very proudly, um, he would he would very proudly label himself as a children's advocate. Mm. And that is, um, that is part of his ongoing legacy. You know, we miss him dearly. <clears throat> and I feel hugely inadequate to fill even a small part of his very, very large shoes. But, um, you know, I just, uh, as soon as you started talking about Arthur, I actually just reached over in my library slash office slash studio and pulled uh, the Underwater Melon Man book. Oh, by, you know what? I've, um, got, I've got a copy of it. I have a copy in yeah. my lounge room. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm holding that in my hand now and it's got the awesome CD in the back and that's Peter Dacian, Arthur mm. Basting and, and illustrations by the wonderfully wacky Fame Flaws. Yes. And, uh, you know, as I, as I flip through the pages of this book right now, I think here is a man with a, in a collaboration, just having enormous amounts of fun and you, mm. you see the silly rhymes and the, just the wordplay. And I think, uh, we were so lucky to have such an artist like him working not for grown ups because he could have and he did he did often but yeah. really wanted really wanting to share um almost things yeah. that seem quite exclusively reserved for grown ups for children um in yeah. in really great ways so my relationship with Arthur was i have to say very short and i'm um and I wish that I could have spent more time with him one on one and uh but what I gleaned from him was a really sense of direct purpose, and mm. um, and, 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 and he taught me how to make decisions, and he also taught me how to how to write um, write good songs. In that, and, he, and I think he would say that the key to writing a good song for for children is to make it make it entertaining for them, and also spend time on on making it quality. You know. Um, yeah. Watching him yeah. with Peter and just he he bought Peter 
and uh, Justine Clark's from New Zealand for a little children's music gathering. And uh, we got to hear them talking about the process behind their songwriting. And mm. that was super special. Like, I don't, I don't know that that had ha- happened before. But um, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur said, you know, like, I don't sing. Uh, but when he would speak his words that he'd written for Justine and they would talk about the backstories behind songs, when he read the lyrics just out loud, you could hear you could hear just how songified yeah. they were in his voice. And, and even when Justine was singing, he would be quietly, you know, mouthing the words. And I, I was close enough to hear him singing um, just yeah. a couple of phrases. And I thought, good on you. You really do connect with this in a deep, special yeah. way. And... Um, it was, I don't know. It was just super humbling to to see a master at work. Uh, I was very grateful for my time with him, and we're all very grateful for the legacy he's left behind. So, yeah. said about him is strange because it kind of sums up my last question for you um but you could take arthur's name out and just change it with yours so i haven't done yet lifting you up on a pedestal chris so just just get ready for this last one because you okay. might this might push you over the edge of uncomfortability <laughs> your your career is large and you know, even though it may appear to all be related, it's still incredibly varied and complex. And this is usually a sign of a highly creative person. I mean, I guess, I don't know, I just kind of made that up. However, you keep well within the guidelines of children. All the things you do seem to be around this wellness of children. You are a trained educator, which kind of Mm -hmm. lends me to this theory that you are busy and you are varied and your output is eclectic, but it feels because it feels more because your mind is filled with ways you can help ways you want to help the children not only in your own life but the children in the lives of others you Mm. you appear or come across genuinely and deeply passionate about the work you do Mm. so i guess my question is which i do really give you full permission to just lose yourself in the answer or as be as short (laughs) as you are comfortable in being why why is the well-being of children a chord that has been struck so deeply within you? Pause for effect. No. Yeah, I was uh, going to say your <laughs> your silence is uh, <laughs> is is uh, I don't know. Again, I'll just throw it out to the listeners and go. I don't know. Make make up your own mind. Um, no, uh, yeah. no. I'm I'm formulating. I'm formulating. Um, the reason I want children to be happy is because I know that childhood can be an unhappy place. And I know that sometimes it takes an outsider of everything that's going on in your life as a kid to bring joy. Um, I had a difficult childhood for lots of different reasons, but I had wonderful supportive family members and wonderful supportive friends that sewed into some amazing, strong, joyful memories for me as a kid. And um, and I always remember the joy that I got from 
sometimes escaping the trouble of the world through entertainment. So Sesame Street was a happy place for me. The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock, um, mm. so many shows uh, and musical shows at that uh, that would take me in a moment in time, uh, make me laugh, give me a great memory and, and a forever memory. And that's the thing that I really um, seem to be attached to when I'm doing things. I understand the power of working with kids uh, because sometimes when you work with a kid, they'll remember that forever. And I've, because I've been doing this for 20 years, I've now got evidence of that. I've got kids coming up to me saying, hey, thanks for everything that you've done for me. Yeah. And I'd say, oh, what, what did I do? Because I don't, I don't know you. I'm just walking down the street. And they'll yeah. say, well, we were a poor family. We had one DVD. It was the Funky Monkeys. You pretty much raised me. And then they walk on and I'm just kind of like, what do I do with that? Yeah. Um, and I go, wow, it's actually made a difference to that one kid. Mm. And I, I'm overwhelmed with the idea that um, everything that I do can work for good <laughs> and work for yeah. not great. And so I want to be that guy that, goes into a kid's life and, and has something that they will remember forever and, and have it be a good a good memory of childhood being a great fun place and having someone care about them and their well-being and a really fun musical time. So if I can do that, that's, that's fantastic. I think I just really, I understand how powerful what we do can be for a child. And uh, that's yeah. what gets me out of bed. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning and that's why I do it. Um, yeah. I just want childhood to be a happy place because I know through no fault of their own that sometimes kids can, your kids can have grown-ups making really sad choices for them that mean that their day-to-day -day routine is rubbish. But maybe there's a little hope of – a little a little uh, sliver of hope that they get from listening to songs or from watching something that someone's made specially for them that, that just kind of distracts them for a time. Um, and I think that's a noble cause, and I and I'm happy to stand up for that and help our kids have great, great lives. Um, we had a saying in the Funky Monkeys that would be like the, our motivation was always we wanted wanted to let kids be kids. So kids would come to our show, and if they wanted to shout, we'd give them an opportunity to shout. If they wanted to dance, we'd let them dance. If they wanted to sit quietly and be shy, we'd let them do that as well. You know, we we didn't we only expected of a child what whatever it is they wanted to give us in the moment and uh, mm. and nothing and nothing more. And uh, one of the great joys I had was working with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra because um, classical music audiences, they come with all these rules. You know, you can't, you can't talk during the music. You can't clap after a movement. You can't, you can't move in the aisles. Yeah. You, can't, you know, there's all, all these things. And so uh, when we'd, we'd have, you know, we'd have the patrons of the orchestra in the audience and we'd have the kids and their families and the, and the mums and dads were terrified that their kids were going to do something wrong. And so for me to get up at the beginning of the show and say, parents, we're, there are no rules. We're biffing all the rules out the window. If, <laughs> if your kids want to scream and shout and clap and dance and hoot and holler, then this is the content. You could see some of the patrons, you know, shifting uncomfortably in their chair yeah. because this was the, the national orchestra. But I'm actually like, no, this music is for children. They're going to have yeah. a great time. Every Everything we do on the stage is going to be for the benefit of little people and young minds. And so you know, get on board or get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pretty much. I, I think I think that also sh 
I think the, the the big takeaway I I take from which everything you just said was perfect and beautiful and you know well done for taking the pause because I think you you summed it up lovely. But the the one thing that you said that really stands out to me is this idea that you know you said the parents can sometimes make unfortunate choices on behalf of children and then in the and then you sort of talk about the same idea of you know children not being able to sort of respond in a certain way in the context of an orchestra and i know that's not <laughs> i know that's not what you mean by when you talk about parents mm. making sometimes the poor choices but what it does do is it really shines a light on this idea that we we forget and i think as adults we genuinely forget that children's lives are so strictly governed by adults incredibly powerless and we get and we get trapped in this idea and it goes back to that thing you were saying before that the parents have to like the music now the parents do have to like the music i agree because as you said the parents make the decision Mm. you know and i think that's something we often forget about is you know particularly when you become a parent and you you find yourself exhausted and you're like you know you feel like you're constantly (laughs) at the beck and call of this this screeching beast that demands everything of you but in reality but in reality they're not they they mm-hmm. are at your beck and call and have to do everything you want them to do and the mm-hmm. only reason half the time they're complaining is because they're saying I don't want to do this but you're making me do it and mm-hmm. i think we really often forget that children are desperately desperately powerless in their world yeah they are desperately powerless and and we really forget that and I, and i think you know, that's what's beautiful about content directly at children. I mean, it's wonderful if your children love listening to the Ramones. I think that's great. Yeah. But it will never replace somebody that's created music specifically speaking to that child and for that moment making that child the most important thing in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. And I think that going back to just Arthur, I think he really acutely understood that children are very powerless in in their in the in the grown up world that they're born into, and um, so we need to have grown ups who aren't just the teachers, yeah, who aren't just the teachers, you know, because our teachers will, uh, you know, be huge advocates for our children most of the time. But we do need other grown-ups to step in and go, hey, do you know that you kids really matter to us grown-ups in this way and that, and that we have the power to celebrate you? So we're just going to use our power to make some great times for you. Come along and just be you. We'd love to celebrate you. Totally. And, and you know, that goes right back to what you said right at the start about this whole idea that they needed to see New Zealand voices on their television sets. Now, that's not to begrudge mm. Australian voices. That's because... Mm. We cannot pretend it doesn't matter for that child not to see themselves in a position of success and accomplishment and entertainment. And, you know, they need to be able to see the representations because otherwise we're just asking them to have to create this unnecessarily monstrous motivation to rise above all of that. Because why don't they just deserve our help? Why, Why can't they just have us go... You know, here's people just like you that are doing the stuff that you want to do, and um, yeah, and also, and also, here's your culture. You know, this is this is the yeah, nation that yes. you are, the yes. umbrella of the nation that you're standing in, and this is how we do things. And in, and over here, we say jandals instead of thongs, and we say chili bin instead of esky. And yeah. there are things that are that are unique that you should probably know so that you can feel comfortable within these borders. It's a smelly. 
Chris, what what a what a genuine joy to meet you and find out about Thank you, you and learn about you. Too, you too, and, and 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 how wonderful it was to I, I knew about you because you can't talk to anyone from New Zealand children's scene mm. without knowing about you and without finding out about you. Um, but like all these podcasts, there is a vast difference in knowing what you know from what you read and what you hear than talking to the person themselves. Um, this has surpassed all my expectations and it's also surpassed all my timing expectations oh, as, wow. we, as we casually move into an hour and a half. So this will be a, this will be, this is going to be a joy to edit down. Um, <laughs> uh, so maybe I might release it in six parts. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I do want to just take a moment, Chris, to to look. I love your music. I love what you do, and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's really important, and and it's all great. And and I've spoken highly about what I think about the content you make, but I do want to say a personal thank you on behalf of, I guess, the people that do feel and believe children need these voices behind them. And you know, I, I just it's it's important that I. It's important that you know that it's so welcome, and and I do say oh. thank you. Not that I have any authority to say thank you on behalf of anyone, but I will just assume that authority. But it it means a great deal because they're not common voices. Yours yours isn't a common voice, and it's right. important those voices are there because your voice being there gives rise to the other people that you know may not take on the whole gamut, but have areas that they think they can contribute to. And it's people such as yourselves that create that that stage or that platform for people to feel comfortable there. So it is a big deal and it means a lot. And I can only imagine what it means to that country, to your country, to New Zealanders, because it means a lot over here. So thank you. And Mm. thank you for taking the time today to speak with me. You're very, very welcome, Benny. It has been a true pleasure. And again, similarly, we don't often find people like us. And so when we stumble across each other, it's so lovely to go, that's how I feel too. <laughs> and you feel not so alone in the world. Yes, not exactly. so crazy for having made all those life choices that you've made to uh, do, to, to tread the, the uh, what's the word, that path that isn't so tr- tr- trodden. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, joy. Um, okay, mate, thank you very much for taking the time today. I appreciate You're it. welcome. If you would like to know more about Chris, then head along to his website at www.chrislamsam.com. And of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny. Ask people questions. 